welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Alistair and Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 5. In this case that we're looking at this week was hoped by many Brexiteers to be a decision for the ages, but in the legal sphere at least, ended up as something of a damp squib. The question is about the lawfulness of the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is a part of the Brexit agreement between the UK and the EU. The Protocol is not especially popular, and that is especially true in Northern Ireland itself, where unionist politicians argue that the agreement establishes a border in the Irish Sea and presents an existential threat to the United Kingdom. In fact, it is useful context to point out that most of the appellants in this case are associated with the unionist movement in Northern Ireland. Arlene Foster and the late David Trimble were both first ministers of Northern Ireland for a time. Kate Hoy is a life peer and prominent Brexiteer, and Jim Allister, whose name is in the title of the case, is the leader of the traditional unionist voice party in Northern Ireland. Back to the law and the challenge to the Northern Ireland Protocol relied on three separate grounds. The first argument was that the Protocol is incompatible with the Acts of Union from 1800, which first established the Union of Great Britain and Ireland. Part of Article 6 basically states that the people of Great Britain and Ireland shall be on the same footing in respect of trade. The appellants argue that the protocol places Great Britain and Northern Ireland on different footings because of the way that it operates in respect of goods moving to and from the EU. They go on to conclude this first point by submitting that the Crown does not have the power to make treaties that fail to comply with Article 6 of the Acts of Union. The second ground relates to Section 1, Subsection 1 of the Northern Ireland Act 1998, which states, quote, that Northern Ireland in its entirety remains part of the United Kingdom and shall not cease to be so without the consent of a majority of the people of Northern Ireland voting in a poll, end quote. The appellants use this to argue that there can be no substantial change to the status of Northern Ireland without a poll, and because the protocol changed the status of Northern Ireland without such a vote, it must be unlawful. The third ground challenged the lawfulness of the protocol on Ireland-slash-Northern Ireland Democratic Consent Process EU Exit Regulations 2020, which were made under Section 8C of the European Withdrawal Act 2018. These regulations permit the Northern Ireland Assembly to vote on the continued application of Article 5-10 to 10 of the protocol without the need for support from both sides of the community i.e. Republicans and Unionists. Normally, Section 42 of the Northern Ireland Act 1998 requires such cross-community support, and so the appellants argue that the regulations are unlawful because their enabling powers do not permit ministers to make regulations that are incompatible with the Northern Ireland Act 1998. Those arguments were dismissed in the lower courts, and so an appeal was made to the Supreme Court which is where we pick things up. The justices decided to take each ground of appeal in turn, and so we first look at the 1800 Acts of Union and its alleged incompatibility with the Northern Ireland Protocol. 
As we said earlier on, the protocol was incorporated into UK law by Section 7A of the European Withdrawal Act 2018. That provision states that all enactments are to have effect subject to Section 7A, and so the justices held that Article 6 of the Acts of Union is modified to the extent that it is incompatible with the protocol. Furthermore, the Brexit legislation demonstrates the clear intention of Parliament to allow the Crown to make the protocol whatever the 1800 Acts might say otherwise. The second ground was about the use of polls under the Northern Ireland Act 1998, but the Justices reiterated that Section 1, Subsection 1 is only about whether the North remains a part of the UK or becomes part of a united Ireland. In other words, it does not regulate any other aspect of that region's constitutional status and is therefore not relevant in this case. Finally, the Supreme Court got to the question of the 2020 regulations and their relationship with the requirement for cross-community support under Section 42 of the Northern Ireland Act 1998. The justices began by examining the function of the regulations, which is to insert a new Schedule 6A into the Northern Ireland Act 1998. That schedule sets out a consent resolution system that permits the Northern Ireland Assembly to vote on the continued application of Articles 5-10 to 10 of the Protocol. The problem for the appellants is that paragraph 18.5 of that schedule specifically says, quote, Section 42 does not apply in relation to a motion for a consent resolution, end quote, i.e. cross-community support is not required for a consent resolution. Now, it is true that this requirement for cross-community support under the Northern Ireland Act 1998 is not to be dismissed lightly, but the justices found that Section 7A of the Withdrawal Act that incorporates the Northern Ireland Protocol had already modified Section 42, and so the 2020 regulations were compatible with this new, modified version of Section 42. The enabling power also permits the amendment of primary legislation. As I said at the start of this episode, I think this decision is a bit of a damp squib. Many hope that a successful appeal to the Supreme Court would force the government to rethink the protocol. But that just isn't the case. The legal argument was an interesting one, because it also relied on the idea of constitutional statutes from the metric martyrs case, Thoburn and Sunderland City Council. The basic idea here is that there are some statutes that are so important and central to the constitution that they are immune from implied repeal via later, later statutes. In other words, the appellants suggested that the Acts of Union are so fundamental that they cannot be overwritten by the Northern Ireland Protocol. It's a very attractive argument, until you realise that it is based on a total legal fiction. One of the key features of parliamentary supremacy is that Parliament is not bound by its predecessors and can enact any legislation that is passed in both houses and receives royal assent. If Parliament enacts something that contradicts Magna Carta, then it doesn't matter that Magna Carta is one of our most prestigious documents, the latter statute takes precedence. As the justices pointed out, the whole debate around constitutional statutes is academic. Section 7a tells us that it is the will of Parliament for all enactments to have effect 
subject to the protocol. And so it is right for the relevant parts of the Acts of Union to be modified or suspended accordingly. In truth, parliamentary supremacy and the idea of constitutional statutes are both legal fictions that we use to answer the question, what should happen when two acts contradict each other? But it is still useful that the Supreme Court have picked the fiction which has a little more foundation in constitutional theory and provides more certainty in the law. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter I'm hoping to write more about the political solutions to the problem of the Northern Ireland Protocol. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!